if you're playing tournament poker and you've got a big stack, there's a lot you can do. You can make moves from just about any position you want. You can be quite aggressive. You can pick on the smaller stacks. You can make a lot of speculative speculative plays. Um, there's a lot you can do. Now, when your stack gets smaller, so let's say you're looking at 10 big blinds, okay? Once your stack starts getting smaller, you have a lot less you can do. There are just fewer options. And the problem is because you don't have the same maneuverability you do when you have a bigger stack. And it's not just that. The smaller your stack size relative to the rest of the table, the more likely it is, especially when you start to get down to you know, having only a handful of big blinds, the more likely it is that one of your opponents is going to look you up. And it's almost at a certain point where it's a mistake for them not to call you. So the question for today is, how long can you go for in business? If you're a small business owner or a medium business owner, how big is your stack? How many weeks of cash flow do you have left before you need to get some help? What's your stack size? Do you know what your burn rate is? Do you know how quickly you're going through cash? Working with, you know, middle managers and senior managers in large corporate corporations, it's the same trend I see when working with small business owners and medium-sized business owners. Financially, in terms of financial acumen, a lot of people really struggle with reading their financial statements. They look at one thing. They look at their P&L. Right? They get to the end of the month and they look at where all the money's gone and they look at you know, what money they think they have at their disposal. But there's a problem with only looking at your income statement. There's timing issues. Right? So you might think you've got a certain amount of money coming in or sitting in the bank account and on paper you look really strong. In reality, though, you don't have that money sitting in the bank. You know, there's a reason they say cash is king, right? This has been around for quite a long time. Cash is king. I had a mentor, oh, probably, well, it'll be over 20 years ago now, and his name was Jack. Absolutely brilliant. He was an old school, an old school Italian guy from New York. And he was into basically buying and selling coin collections. And it was a cash business. And he used to always thump on my head, cash is king, cash is king. Well, cash is king in business as well. And it's really, really important that especially in the time we're in now, in the time of COVID, many people are really, really struggling with their cash flow. So... 
today's episode is really just about trying to get you to think, if you haven't been already, and you might be one of the people who's already quite savvy in this space and really tuned into this, but if you're not, trying to get you think about a way that you can get better at and more comfortable with your financial situation. So I'll introduce this concept of Kaizen. Kaizen's a Japanese word for continuous improvement through incremental, incremental change. So I'll talk about that, and then I'll, I'll just talk a little bit about what financial statements are going to be really, really helpful to you in this time. And, and not just in the time of COVID, but for running a successful business going forward. So the financial statements themselves, nothing new here. You know, if you've been to B school, if you've, you know, done some um, executive training and coursework, you know, outside of uni and you've, you know, you've done a director's course or something like that, then you would have come across this. And that doesn't mean that you're comfortable here, but you probably would have come across this. So there's really three things that you want to look at. You want to look at your balance sheet. You want to look at your income statement, and of course, you want to look at your cash flow statement. Most managers and business owners I know spend all of their time looking at the income statement, right? The P&L. And they do this, obviously, because it shows the profit and loss. And, you know, it's important because you can actually see, um, you know, where all of those expenses are going. Where's all the money going? You can see all of the, the different lines of income, right? And, and P&Ls are important, but they're not everything, right? To get the full picture, and especially when you want to start thinking about what is my burn, how much longer or how, how many more weeks can I survive, you know, you need to start thinking about looking at some other financial statements. So the balance sheet, again, not particularly complex, but it just shows you how much cash you have on hand, Okay. There's a big timing difference between your income statement and your balance sheet and your cash flow statement. So it's it's really important that you know what your receivables are. You know what you're selling right now, uh, but you know how long you can survive for. So the balance sheet is is helpful because it gives you a ledger view of what your current assets are and your current liabilities are. You can see those side by side, and it gives you that nice picture. When you go into your cash flow statement, your cash flow statement is critically important because it takes your P&L and it converts it into a cash basis, right? So it's, it's actually showing you the cash that you're generating from the services you're delivering or from the operations you're running or from the products you're selling. So it's how you convert income to cash, right? So, you know, even if, even if you think you're in a good position right now, but you're thinking about growth, you know, you've got to be converting, you've got to be converting your income into cash, right? You need that cash for acquisitions. You need that cash to invest in new product lines or new service lines, okay? And you're going to see that on the cash flow statement, okay? So you want to look at these things together. You can even use it to create your break-even table. Right? If you've got a bunch of money that you're investing, especially if you're a startup, you know, this is profoundly important. It's critical for a startup. You've got to know 
what your break-even table looks like. What is your burn rate? What is the money coming in that you think you're going to get out of, out of those receivables? And how many weeks, how many months do you think you're going to go before you actually start to hit break-even? Okay. Now, I'm not going to go into each of these statements. Now, you can get some of this stuff from your accountants. You can produce these things on your own. They're not really hard to look at or difficult to look at. But the point that I want to make today is about that process that we go through to start spending time looking at these financial statements and just getting a bit more comfortable with them. Because if anybody asks you, especially if you're having cash flow issues, how many weeks you can go for, you should know. If it's six weeks, that's pretty important, right? You're getting down into that really short stack range where you're not able to make a lot of moves. You're not able to be reaching into new markets or trying out new products. You, you might even have to really limit, <clears throat> you might even have to really limit the purchasing of materials right? Or working with your suppliers. Now, if you're in a service business, you're quite stuck as well. You know, you've got a lot of money going into those professional services and payroll, and you might have to cut back on some of those supplier relationships. So you need to know how long you can survive. Okay. How do we do that? When I was in the army, I ran across a guy named Al, and I got hurt in a jump, a skydiving activity. And I had to rehabilitate for quite a while, actually. And while I was rehabilitating, I got put on um, a desk job, right, an office job. So me coming off the line and, and getting put onto a desk job. It was a bit tough. You know, I wasn't uh, someone who wanted to sit around a desk. I wanted to be out, you know, shooting and blowing stuff up. I enjoyed that a lot more. But the really cool thing about going through this rehab and sitting behind the desk was I met this guy named Al. Now, at that point in time, Al didn't know anything about Kaizen. He didn't know anything about lean and any of these terms or any of this, but he had a philosophy. He had an ethos and it was pretty simple. His idea was just spend a few minutes every day trying to improve something, trying to fix something, trying to repair something. You know, invest just a few minutes every day into the thing that you want to either get better or get better at. When he first brought up this idea to me, I thought, look, this is a complete waste of time, right? It's why would anyone do this? And it's partly because of the way he framed it. He said, you know, Mike, I just want you to spend, oh, I didn't say Mike, he said Irasi. He said, you know, Irasi, I just want you to spend 10 minutes today I want you to find something that needs to be fixed or something that needs to be improved. And I just want you to spend 10 minutes on it. No more than 10 minutes. And I said, oh, well, what? You know, what do you mean to spend 10 minutes uh, drafting an SOP? SOP is a standard operating procedure. So I said, what, you want me to spend 10 minutes rewriting an SOP or fixing my desk or something ridiculous like that? And he laughed and he said, yeah, okay, take your desk. Go get some tools and spend 10 minutes trying to fix your desk because my desk was falling apart the drawer didn't open and it, uh, the desk wasn't level. It was a nightmare. Anyway, so I'm like, yeah, okay. I roll my eyes. Great. This is my new job. I'm going to be spending 10 minutes fix, fi fixing my desk. Here I go. But there's an interesting thing that happens. Okay. You get into the task 
and you start spending that 10 minutes on the task, right? You start working on it. And I don't know why this is, but a lot of times, once you're working on it, you know, you can get 12 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes into something and almost lose yourself in that task and get a lot further along than you would have otherwise done, you know, because otherwise you wouldn't have even started it. But still, he said, do the 10 minutes and then stop. So anyway, I got 10 minutes into it and I stopped. And then that was it. Didn't think about it again. Didn't bring it up. No issue. The next day, another 10 minutes. The next day, another 10 minutes. And after, I don't know, three or four days, I actually got the desk all fixed up. I replaced the, um, you know, the mechanism that allows the drawers to roll in and out a little bit easier. I think I even put some uh, WD-40 in a couple spaces, you know, so I could use the little thumb handle. And I leveled the desk out, cleaned it. And next thing you know, I had this great looking desk. And this went on. I, I was there with him for, I don't know, close to a year. And so this went on. And it went from desks to, you know, writing new training procedures to, you know, um, going around and looking at the facility and making improvements there. And just anything that I just felt needed improvement. You know, you, you might walk past something and say, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to spend 10 minutes fixing that thing up, you know, pulling down whatever you need to pull down or repairing whatever you need to repair. This essentially is the essence of Kaizen. Kaizen means continuous improvement through incremental change. And it's, it's a fantastic thing. And I, and I didn't learn about Kaizen until, you know, years later when I started training with one of the Japanese executives from Toyota. And that's when I first sort of learned the actual methodology. And I thought back to the time that I spent with Al and I said, geez, I said, Al, in his brilliance, was doing this, you know, without even realizing there's this whole methodology around improvement and this whole mindset around improvement. Well, he obviously was, you know, living the mindset, living and breathing that way of life. So the beautiful thing about Kaizen is that you can do this with anything, right? You, you, can, you can take something like financial statements or understanding your finances that you're, you're really quite weak in, and you can literally set aside 10 minutes a day, and in the span of you know three months, four months, five months, you can find, and this is so important for, ma for managers when you're going from senior management to executive management, this is critical, but you can find that inside of six months, or a year, or two years, you can completely reshape yourself. You can become competent in areas that you would have never dreamed you could become competent in, right? And f I think financial management is one of those areas that is so critically important for executives and for business owners. If you're not already financially minded and you struggle with this, start spending 10 minutes a day to give yourself the competence over a, number, over a period of a number of months and you will be blown away at what the impacts are. Don't wait until the end of the month to look at your P&L and your balance sheet, right? And your statement of cash flow. Spend 10 minutes every day, you know, do it first thing in the morning or whenever suits you, you know, right after lunch or right in front of your coffee break. Do it then, you'll be blown away with the change that it makes. So, you know, it, 
if you think about even changing your operation, this is another great example, right? So many companies, you know, I, I look at their operation and let's take a physical example. Let's say you, you actually do have a warehouse or you've got some sort of production facility. You can walk in there and you can see, okay, look, there's no visual controls, there's no pull system, there's no line markings, it's chaotic, it's dirty, you've got machines that are broken down or machines that they've come up with some strange way to work around to get them to function how they're supposed to function. Stock, material, piled up all over the place that, that's probably been sitting there for years and years and years in some places. If you look at that environment and someone like myself comes in and says, listen, if you want to make more money, you need to get organized, okay? And you need to do X, Y, and Z and completely change your entire production facility. Immediately, your knee-jerk reaction is, I don't have the time. I don't have the resources to sit and clean up the production facility to make more money because I've got to get orders out the door, okay? You're, you're absolutely right, by the way. You do have to get orders out the door, especially if you're having cash flow issues. But what you can do is you can ask all of the people that work within that team or within that area or within that department to literally spend either the first 10 minutes of their shift or the last 10 minutes of their shift finding something to improve or to clean or to make better, okay? And this starts getting you in this, this framework of what we call 5S, right? Sort, set in order, shine, standardize, and sustain, okay? And that's a whole nother podcast but it starts moving you in the direction of being really well organized, having working equipment, having pull and things like that. But the point I wanna make is, it's completely transformational, right? You can, you can transform that operation by just having the folks that work with you spend 10 minutes a day. You, you'll be blown away and you'll be really, really surprised at what, ha what happens. You know, sometimes we get people that will clock off, like literally they finish their day, they clock off, and they'll go back off the clock and say, oh, I'm just going to spend an extra 10 or 15 minutes tidying up my workbench or putting these tools away or cleaning this machine or doing X, Y, and Z. There's a lot of pride of ownership that comes with this. People become invested again in the environment that they work in. So thank you very much, Al, wherever you are. I'm, I'm sure you're out there somewhere still mentoring people and still giving guidance to people. But that stuck with me for the last 20 odd years. And I've, I've shared it with a number of people, and I, I just hope I can share it with you and get you to adopt um, that idea about spending an extra few minutes each day working on something that's important and valuable to you. Um, and you'll be incredibly su surprised with the change that comes about. I mean, you can even think about your personal life, right? Learning a language. Yeah, you can't dedicate two hours a, a week to sitting down and doing you know, language courses, but maybe you've got 10 minutes in the car right, when you're driving back and forth to work. Or maybe you've got 10 minutes while you're getting dressed or ironing your shirts or doing whatever, okay? That time will be available to you and you can completely transform yourself, okay? you can learn coding, you can learn a brand new, um, you know, programming language and all of a sudden you can start writing your own code, right? And again, people that never in a million years would have ever thought they could write code become incredibly proficient, um, you know, programmers, things like that. So that's just something to think about. All right, I think that should cover us for today. Before we head off into the sunset, there's just a couple other things to throw in. There's two articles coming out in the next, uh, I don't know, probably should be a week, maybe a week and a half. I've got one article on uh, 
using um, digital Sketchpad. It's it's just really really handy if you're doing workshops over you know Zoom or Skype and you you want to you know capture some sketches and and share those or Teams or whatever. And then I've got another article which was really really fun to do and it's about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Essentially, it's about how to use training material more effectively. So a lot of us when we got hit with COVID, obviously it affected our training. And so a lot of people turned to training videos. And I think there, there's definitely an optimal way to use those training videos. So it's outside of consulting, but it definitely sits in an area that is very interesting for me and something that I'm very passionate about, which is um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So those will be coming out in the next, like I said, week, week and a half or so. Also, just a bit of an uh, update. I finally set up the Patreon account. So for those of you who do want to shout me a cup of coffee, by all means, happy for you to do that. It's just Mike Irasi. I'll also include a link there on MikeIrasi.com, which is where those articles will be posted. And again, if you're enjoying the podcast, you know, the, the very you know most important thing you can do, I suppose, is just share it, like it, and leave any comments or feedback you can for us. It's um, always good for me to hear, and it's, uh, it's a great positive reinforcer as well. Anyway, that's it for this week, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks a lot.